0: This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee and this is The Full Story. If you've spent any time on social media, you've probably noticed you can put a filter on your photos. Some of these filters are made by companies like Instagram and TikTok. Others are created and submitted by users themselves. They can be a bit of harmless fun, superimposing funny hats, face tattoos on your photos, making you look older or even younger. But filters that smooth out your skin.
1: It slims out my nose or it clears out my skin tone, makes my skin look flawless. And change your skin tone. It does all sorts of things to your face that just makes you look
0: like 10 times better than what you think you are. Can be more insidious because they help set unattainable beauty standards
2: looked into these injections because I was just desperate to look like that filter. This is not just about beauty filters. This is about beauty standards.
0: These days, many young people live a large part of their lives online. It's inescapable, and so are these filters. Today, Full Story audio producer Karishma Luthria and the host of Guardian Australia's TikTok, Matilda Bosley, take a look at the ugly truth behind beauty filters. It's Tuesday, the 28th of June.
3: Hi, Matilda.
4: Hello, good day. How are you? Oh, going all right.
3: So, Matilda, you and I both spend a lot of time on social media apps – what was your first experience with filters?
4: Yeah, so I guess I've actually been using these kind of filters since high school. Like if you remember on Snapchat, there was the puppy dog filter, the big famous one. It gave you big puppy dog ears and a dog nose. uh, But actually why people really liked it is because it kind of smoothed out your skin and gave you a little bit of makeup, a bit of mascara on there. And I guess... From there, I've really just watched all of these, I guess, beautifying filters evolve over time, where they've gone from over the top and obvious to quite subtle and almost a bit of a default, especially on a platform like TikTok.
3: Of which you spend a lot of time on as Guardian Australia's resident TikToker.
4: Yes, a a worrying amount of time on that app. But um, I guess I noticed on TikTok, especially when you're filming a video in the app, when you open that filming screen, it automatically puts a filter across your face. It's quite a subtle one. It doesn't do too much, but, you know, it it smooths out your skin a little bit. It gives you a bit of oomph. It just generally makes you, I guess, a 20% more superior version of yourself.
3: (laughs) And I've seen you on TikTok. Not to call you out, but you sometimes use this filter, don't you? Yeah, I'm I'm
4: definitely a bit guilty of it. I've found that where I've noticed that it's on often I don't even think about it as I'm filming a video for the Guardian, I turn it off and then suddenly oh, all my pores are back and the bags under my eyes and I realize that I've been thinking, you know, for the past 10-15 minutes that I'm this sort of curated more beautiful version of myself. <laughs> And I'm sort of aware that I shouldn't have it on, uh, but often I do because uh, it just, I guess, takes the pressure off a little bit. You know, we still have an app and an algorithm and, you know, combined with human behavior, that means that people who are looking good and looking beautiful and, you know, have full faces of makeup tend to do better in the app and that's kind of an unfortunate thing so you know it, it does play on your mind and so my experiences really got me thinking what impact is this having on people's self-esteem
3: so you and I both spoke to content creators on these platforms to see if other people were having similar experiences to us let's start with your rabbit hole who did you speak to Matilda
4: Yeah, so one of the people I spoke to the most was a creator on TikTok called Mia. So
3: I'm Mia,
2: I am 27, I live in Melbourne, I've been a plus-size girl for a while and I'm a sex worker.
4: So over the pandemic, uh, like a lot of sex workers, it's been difficult to work. Um, So she's taken a lot of what she does online, but she also started doing a lot of advocacy and education and um, TikTok has been a great platform for her for that.
2: I had some success with my TikTok sharing my experiences as a sex worker.
4: So she was a, a small creator and then as often happens with TikTok, she had one video that went really big and got millions of views.
2: So when I first created my TikTok, I didn't really expect much from it. I'm not like a content creator like that. And I was really, really excited because I hit 700 followers. And within a week, that 700 had hit 10,000.
4: Obviously that attracts a big new audience, a lot of people for the first time, including a lot of people who are being really horrific.
2: Along with the popularity that came with that, the yes queen, you're amazing, like power to the woman type thing that I was getting, I was also getting a lot of comments that were really derogatory and negative and made me feel very insecure. You know, the oh, who would pay for that and and comments on my weight and my hair. And I would cry at night while, as I was going to sleep because I just... I believed the horrible things that they were saying about me. I kind of started using the filters around then. To me, it just, it added this level of comfort for me, but it made it so much worse.
4: That turned from, you know, an occasional thing just to supplement if she doesn't feel like putting on makeup and turned into every single video. And it got to the point on TikTok where Mia said to me that, you know, she actually didn't know what her own face looked like because she was so used to seeing this really manicured, changed version of her face.
2: It's, it's a really um, interesting sort of complex that you get because you know that's not you. You know that is a filter. You can rationalise and say that's not realistic. But when you picture yourself in your mind, you see you with the filters. I started seeing my real face as… odd.
4: And I guess that's really the almost insidious nature of these filters, It's that you can see what you would look like if you were just a tiny, tiny bit better.
2: It's those subtle beauty filters that reinforce this ideal of what we should look like. Yeah, that can really mess with you, with your with your head and and your in your security. It was really really miserable, and the filters they just reinforced this idea that what they were saying was true. In that moment, when you're in that state, you truly believe you are not good enough, that you are unattractive, that you are not interesting, that you're not funny, that you're not sexy or beautiful or feminine or worthy.
4: For Mia, these filters messed with her head so much that she started looking into cosmetic surgery.
2: I looked into a bunch of different things that I wanted to get done. The first thing I looked into was something called a lip flip and it's where they inject um, filler into the like top corners of your lips. It gives you a more fuller smile. Um, I never liked my smile. I thought that it was ugly. I just wanted to change it. Uh, And the second thing I looked into was these like dissolving injections that you can get in your chin. um, And it kind of gets rid of the fat under your chin um, because I was sick of looking at a double chin (laughs) all the time. Um, And I would actually specifically like position myself in my videos with my hand under my chin or like pulling my fat away from my face because I was so insecure about it that I yeah I wanted to hide it as much as I could and yeah I looked into these injections because I was just desperate to to get rid of it to look like that filter.
3: So is this common that filters have a negative impact on people's body image? So one expert
4: I spoke to was Dr Jasmine Fardley, who's a body image expert from uh, the University of New South Wales. So what Dr Fardley told me is that there is definitely a correlation between negative body image and the use of photo editing. But what's less clear is what direction this relationship goes. Mm. Essentially, do people get low self-esteem from constantly editing their photos, constantly using filters, constantly disguising the way they look? Or is it that people with low self-esteem and low body image are more likely to do these things?
3: Mm, So the filters may just make existing body image problems worse or they could be creating the issue itself. Either way, Matilda, what can this lead to?
4: So we know that body or facial dissatisfaction can lead to a lot of undesirable outcomes, really. We're talking about eating disorders, depression, unhealthy exercise habits, attempts to attain this ideal body type or face type, and that can have a lot of effect on self-esteem as well. And one thing Dr. Fardley told me is that they're also more likely to express interest in cosmetic surgery. And that brings up some really interesting questions when we're talking about beautifying filters like this. Because on one hand, maybe it's just smoothing out your skin a little bit. It's not as harmful. On the other hand, there's filters that are changing your bone structure, that are making you look subtly but fundamentally different from what you're ever going to look like. And that leads into these filters all really making people look the same. It's kind of giving people all this same one ideal face. And that level of just impossibility to attain, I think, is one of the things that uh, Dr. fardley was saying was potentially one of the most harmful.
3: What do the various social media platforms do to make it clear that a filter is being used?
4: As my colleague Al Hunt has previously reported, a 2017 study in the Journal of Cognitive Research found that people only recognise manipulated images 60 to 65% of the time. And often the only sort of telltale sign that there is a filter there is a little tiny label that appears just above your username on, you know, most of these apps telling you that there's a filter there. But... That only appears when you're using it directly through the app. It's really easy to film something, download it and re-upload it with no label or warning whatsoever.
3: Either I just don't pay attention or I have actually just missed these labels. I have not seen them. I
4: missed them at the start too. I'm now like really looking out for them. There's also a real motivation to hide the fact that you're using filters. The research backs that up as well. That particularly women often are judged by users on social media if they place a disclaimer on photos saying that it is photoshopped.
3: Right, but does adding this disclaimer really do that much for people's self-esteem?
4: Dr Fardley told me that unless you have a comparison of what someone actually looks like unless you can actually compare a photoshopped, a filtered photo or video to real life, knowing there's a filter doesn't really make a difference. Knowing that they've used Facetune doesn't really help.
0: Mm. Next, Karishma Luthria investigates what exactly is a perfect face and who decides it. Karishma, when was the first time you came across a beauty filter on social media?
3: I remember when I first used a beauty filter, it was about 2020 and I tried one that a lot of Indians used on Instagram and this automated voice came up saying, apparently this filter shows how your face would look if it was perfect. It basically split the screen in half and it showed you your original skin tone and eye color on one side and if you moved over to the other side it sort of washed you out, made your skin tone lighter and your eyes lighter too. And for a split second, I said to myself, I wish I could look like this filter, like an Anglo-Indian. And this is particularly worrying because in India, colorism, a preference for lighter skin tones is rife and skin lightening products have been hugely popular in our communities. So as a light-skinned Indian, Thinking this way is still pretty deeply ingrained in me. So I wanted to see if any other person or woman of colour is concerned about these filters. And one of the people I spoke to was Sariella Taide, who is a First Nations content creator.
1: My name's Sari, I'm 24 years old. I live in Cairns, I was born in Cairns. My mob is Darnley, Saibai, and Yidinji, uh, So I'm Aboriginal and
3: Torres Strait Islander. We've seen you post about race, racism, and your experiences as a First Nations woman. What compels you to produce this sort of content on TikTok and Instagram?
1: Well, most of it is purely based on what I've experienced in my life. I'm just curious. Do I look like any other black fella? Do we all look the same? Do people just see tan skin and then suddenly have such an issue, such a problem with identifying each other, telling two people apart? No, I'm asking this because like every time I go into a shop, the person behind the register, if there's a black fella in front of me, they go, Oh, so you guys paying together? I don't know this person or things that I've seen, uh, what my family have gone through and the stories that they've told me, and then also the community as well and their stories. And I think that through my social media, because it's constantly growing and constantly getting larger, more people are going to see it. And it's the perfect opportunity for me to be talking about it The more people will uh, be able to learn from it.
3: And she told me that she finds it disturbing that these filters played on an insecurity that started in school, where people would tease her about her nose. I do have a an
1: ethnic type of nose uh, that isn't, you know, uh, slim and narrow. It's not the, the biggest, of course, but like, even still, I still got bullied for it.
3: And if you don't mind me asking, you said people made comments about your nose. What kinds of things did they say? Oh, they like to just call it, oh, you got a big
1: nose. They'll call me like a monkey. Um, You know, just if it's not the thin Eurocentric nose, uh, they're going to say something about it.
3: And so the filters sort of reinforced a message to her that a slimmer, more European nose is more beautiful. And the fact that it just slimmed it out even more Uh, It made me think, wow, like, this is great. And like Mia, Sariella also thought of getting plastic surgery on her nose. Even when I saw those, maybe a bit of, like, uh, nose surgery might not be that bad. Maybe look like
1: this filter, like, get me looking like this filter. I I remember saying to some people, oh, I wish I had a smaller nose. I would definitely go get that done. And looking back on it now, I'm
3: thinking, oh, gosh, I'm so glad that I didn't do that. So many of the nose ones look so obviously like contoured on my nose because um, I've got a bit of like a button nose and it's a bit flatter at the ridge. but But when you see it on like white people, the filter is just like perfect and they look fantastic. And I'm like, this is why I have body image issues. <laughs> like it makes no sense. I've spent so long on Instagram thinking that this is how people look when actually it's a filter that's made for them.
1: Yeah, I I definitely do feel that way because a lot of the times when I've tried a filter on, you can definitely tell that it was made for a particular type of skin tone. And when I put it on myself, it gives me almost, uh, it either lightens my skin to where it's not my skin tone or it gives a bit of an ashy effect and I just can't use it. And then there's Mm. other ones uh, that say, wow, if you use this filter, it will show your freckles. And I have quite a few freckles on uh, like my cheeks and stuff. And I try to use it it doesn't actually detect your freckles it detects any type of darkness so it was just an entire dark black silhouette of me (laughs) oh my god it worked on light-skinned people who had freckles it showed their freckles because their skin is white i'm so sorry that you saw that how did that feel they should definitely consider that you know other people do exist in the world and with the eurocentric beauty standard it's a very very narrow type of standard uh, where only one particular type of person is accepted into it and uh with that beauty standard comes a whole lot of negativity and a whole lot of point of views that if you don't fit that category, you're not beautiful enough. And so to have those filters that ultimately change your face to make you look like that particular person who is accepted in a society, then you feel as if you're going to be accepted more, people are going to like you. Um, And that's what I absolutely hate about it is because people don't have a choice the way that they're born, particularly people of color.
3: Matilda, as well as talking to Sari, I've also been doing some research. And although it's limited, I came across some research that found filters can have more serious impacts on people and women of color, as it makes them feel the need to use filters and photo editing to fit in with European beauty standards. Do you know if social media companies are doing anything about this? A number of
4: these platforms do have in their terms of services, you know, like Snapchat and Instagram where you can have user-submitted filters, that it should work for all face shapes and face types and taking that into consideration. But, you know, when push comes to shove, I think there's a real question about whether we are actually seeing that at the end of the day and in the end product. And I think listening to many non-white creators on these platforms, there's definitely a sense that that is not happening.
3: I mean, I know that governments around the world have taken some action, like in Norway and the UK, where influencers on social media have to disclose that their bodies have been retouched in the content they post. But apart from governmental action... Do we know if the companies themselves are doing something about this?
4: So Instagram and Meta have limited the use of face-altering effects to a degree. So they've removed effects that directly promote cosmetic surgery, say, you know, a, a filter that has dotted lines on your face or things like that. And they've also made it so that any filters that alter the shape of your face in, you know, a beautifying way aren't discoverable in the effects gallery, which is essentially the home page when you go into these Metaverse effects. Uh, however, 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 you can very much still search for those effects and and they're still available on the platform. It just is a little bit harder to find. Instagram is definitely aware of the problems its app has when it comes to self-esteem and body image, and they've partnered with Australian organisations and they've put forward campaigns to try and uh, rectify that a little bit. But, you know, ultimately the filters are available on their platform, you just need to know where to look. Now, Snapchat doesn't have those same specific restrictions on filters, but a spokeswoman told me that the app is more focused on private communication rather than, you know, public posts like Instagram or TikTok. So in that way, I guess you might have more of a comparison of what a person looks like in real life, you know, which is something that Dr Fadali recommended. And they say the app is also partnered with an in-house sociologist as a
3: preventative tool. What about TikTok? Are they doing anything to acknowledge the harm filters cause?
4: Now, TikTok didn't respond to my request for comment, so it's unclear exactly what their plans are when it comes to beautifying filters. The app does have a mental health focus in that they, you know, link to resources and information pages if people are searching things that might indicate that they're struggling with eating disorders or body dysmorphia. But when it comes to, you know, filters, it's very unclear.
3: Based on your conversations with experts and content creators What can be done to reduce the impacts of these filters on users?
4: One thing that Dr. Fadley told me is that there might be actually room within the algorithms that any of these social media apps use itself to improve body image, essentially. If you're someone who's fixating on body image, the way that the algorithms in many of these apps work is that they will bring you more and more of that content and you can end up sort of being bombarded with content that is really hurting your mental health. So some Mm. companies are already working on this a little bit, but there's definitely room for improvement. But there's also a bigger problem that is harder to fix, which is that beauty filters and body image on social media, none of this is happening in a vacuum. This is all a reflection on the values of the culture that we live in. I mean, how do you solve low self-esteem? You fundamentally change the beauty standard and you remove some of these unattainable goals that we hold women and young people up to. And, you know, that's a lot harder than just uh, popping a disclaimer on the beauty filters, but, you know, that is unfortunately a really big part of this conversation. Beauty filters are a symptom of a much larger problem but there is the ability for users to make the conscious decision not to use these filters anymore. And that was something that Mia decided to do.
2: I had moved my face off the screen and as I'd come back on, obviously that filter has to locate a face to snap onto the face. It obviously took a couple of seconds to register that my face was there and I saw the filter snap and I saw everything change. And that was, I think, the beginning for me of realizing what the filter was really doing because it was very like confronting. But I think in that moment, I realized the, the real negative stuff that it was doing to me. Now, I typically only use the filters that really drastically change how you look if I'm trying to portray being another person. I've given myself space to exist as the person I am.
1: The features that I have on my face, I get them from my grandparents. And, you know, they come from my ancestors. And, you know, that's the features that I have or that I carry with me. Why would I want to take that away when we only make up 3% of the population? I would never get rid of these features ever.
0: Thanks to Full Story producer Karishma Luthria and Matilda Bosley, reporter for Guardian Australia. Matilda's on leave at the moment writing her book, but she'll be back hosting Guardian Australia's TikTok at the end of July. And you can read more of her reporting on theguardian.com, including an article she wrote about social media filters called Is That Really Me? The Ugly Truth About Beauty Filters. We'll post a link to it on the Full Story website. This episode was produced by Karish Maluthria, Ellen Lee Beater and Daniel Simo, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Martignoni, Gabrielle Jackson, and Laura Murphy Oates. Okay, catch you tomorrow.